Welcome to the show, Preston Super Show. And we are here. Let me tell you about what's going to happen today. We're going to talk about Star Trek Discovery, their latest episode, Species 10C. We're going to talk about Picard and his new episode, which was really good. You're going to enjoy that review, Penance. Then uh, Biden's got a crypto problem. We're going to talk about that. And then the $1.5 trillion spending bill that the Democrats are trying to ram through. All that we are going to discuss today on today's program. We're going to lead off with Star Trek Discovery. Season 4, Episode 12, Species 10C. This was a good one. Here we are with Season 4, Episode 12. Great episode. I felt good about it. My initial reactions were pure of art. The 10C are this new species to us in the show. Um, not new, like they just popped up. Wow, here they are. All the main figures are at the war table in the beginning. Debating how to approach the 10C. Not knowing their customs. Commander Stamets is the engineer we all love that is going to make it happen. This is where some egos play out. We see the cameras turn to Book and Tarka making plans to destroy the DMA while keeping Reno captive in a force field. She keeps asking for black licorice, trying to patchwork together her communication device to reach Discovery with and let them know what is going on. I get my wish in a way by seeing all three personalities clash, but we have a good experience for us, the audience. To talk to the 10C, they first test you. They want to see if you are worthy. Remember, they destroyed Quazon. Uh, they believe they are of higher moral authority. The Federation needs their technology to stop the DMA. Uh, they need them. It's a bad spot to be in for our heroes, and that's why it's a fantastic episode. 10C sends uh, a riddle for them to solve. But what's ironic if you caught is they say how long they have before the DMA begins striking. And it's exactly 10 hours. 10C, 10 hours. Uh, the 10C allow a few of the chosen members of Discovery in. Uh, however, they don't trust them yet. They put them in an environment that they would feel comfortable in, a replicate ship of their own. The 10C aren't speaking uh, English. They are... Uh, speaking through math so Michael and Saru figure out that math is how they have to tell the 10C to stop the DMA well there's trouble in paradise we know that book and Tarka's partnership is fractured Reno helps you know push book over the edge and notices uh, some equations Tarka has put up on the board she tells Book that Tarka's plan will get a lot of people killed, and he freaks out. Uh, it is a mad scientist plan, too, and that is not what they agreed on, and, and he goes to stop Tarka. However, if you notice, Tarka has already uh, defied his previous request to not install any modifications to his ship and easily stuns Book with his technology and locks him up. Reno and Book uh, are able to use a communicator and alert Discovery. However, it's too late. Uh, or is it? 
as Tark is moving forward with his plan to destroy the DMA, posing as Booker through text to General Endoy and attempting to destroy the DMA. Species 10C is alerted to this and aborts Discovery back to their ship. Shoot, they're gone. Captain Michael Burnham is thrown into a loop. Uh, she can't believe what has transpired. This is a thrilling episode. And uh, wow, what an exciting show. You know, five-star episode here. There is so much more to this show. You really must watch it on Paramount+. Plus. My favorite character in this episode was Captain Michael Burnham. Burnham and Saru's friendship really makes me happy. Not a sappy relationship. No, no, no. Just uh, a pure friendship. Uh, doesn't feel like they are acting. And uh, they share a special moment that will hit you in the sweet spot. Thanks for staying with me this far. I'll be right back. Uh, we'll be talking about Picard Season 2, Episode 2, Penance. Welcome back. I appreciate you for staying with me this far. And it's just a pleasure to be here. It really is. Picard Season 2, Episode 2, Penance. Picard is on the ball right now. On the ball. On the money. This episode rocked. Q is back with a vengeance. He puts Picard and his crew in an alternate reality, so they think. It's a lot more uh, complex, as Q has changed time, going back to 2024 and altering uh, the future. Drastically, I should state. Uh, when we left off uh, from Stargazer, the last episode of Picard, um, we were headed in the right direction for a lot of the cast. And uh, in this episode, it all gets jumbled. Big credit to the writers for spicing things up. It's getting spicy up in here. Uh, in this reality, Seven of Nine is not a Borg, but president of this evil empire. Picard is a warlord general. Rios is a commander in the Space Force. Elnor is a prisoner of war. His uh, world's about to be destroyed. Agnes Gerardi is a quirky scientist. She does a good job, has a lot of good scenes. Raffaella Musiker uh, looks amazing and is a high-ranking officer in this uh, empire that has absorbed uh, the Federation, which no longer exists. So, put it in perspective. They went from fighting the Borg Queen to working with her as she is uh, held captive. They have to fix uh, the time rift and to do that they have to depart uh, it's hard because it's a national holiday called eradication day surprisingly uh, it's a nice added twist into the show where uh, they are planning to execute the borg queen as a matter of fact in the end they believe they got away but they're caught red-handed uh, elnor who had a great fighting scene actually is getting beat on and then uh, beats him up. Uh, he gets wounded uh, and he's dying now. Uh, we have to wait and see what happens. You know, will Q come to the rescue? Uh, will the crew find a solution? Uh, their penance, uh, as Q called it. Um, 
it's a five star episode all the way through i was uh glued in and waiting uh for what was coming next a fun watch and all the way through it was uh just entertaining not as dramatic as the last discovery episode but a bit more thrilling uh, both left us with feelings of suspense and for that i am even prouder to be a star trek fan i would appreciate it even more if you watched this episode all the way through i usually watch them two or three times uh, before the next one comes out you know picard is a close second uh, to my favorite character in this episode because he has to go through a lot and overcomes some of it but then ends up being caught up in a whirlwind again along with uh, everyone else but uh, I give the best actress to Jerry Ryan as Seven of Nine well, something tells me she may not mind being human but uh, we shall see and uh, thanks for staying with me I'll be right back and we'll be talking about Biden's crypto problem and exactly what that is when I return. Thank you. Welcome back. And we are talking about uh, Biden's crypto problem. And Biden has a crypto problem. And you are thinking, wow, Preston, what do you mean? This sounds serious. Mm. You have to remember his problem uh, is our problem. If you like cryptocurrency, if uh, you don't like cryptocurrency. That's where it gets tricky for you. My advice is don't stress over it. Biden's crypto problem is he doesn't understand what crypto is. He's asking other elements of the government to figure out what best regulation would be for crypto. A lot of that is the age disconnect. From the trend and having your pulse on it. Uh, every president has seismic events that happen. Uh, it's Ukraine uh, being invaded by Russia right now. Biden's first two years in the White House are being shaped uh, by a real lack of effort and poor timing. That's how history will see this time period along with various other things going on, uh, world events. There are the most talented and successful entrepreneurs and business-minded people in this country, as well as in Canada. I see what is taking place in your country, and uh, I want to shout that out on the Super Show. I don't want to see any of you fail under any president. I never have rooted for Biden to fail nor my enemies to fail. I want us to find a way to have success in spite of everything going on. A lot of what Preston Super Show, my show, is about is exactly that. And you should be picking that up by now. We have to promote each other's well-being. So I'm going to uh, highlight some of uh, the important pieces of what we know about crypto regulation so far. Bringing you both sides of the argument. Uh, both sides here. The rosy picture and the realist view. Um, 
and what's been a very, very uh, wild time for crypto. Starting in uh, the Washington Examiner. Um, yesterday around noon, Brad Palumbo. President Joe Biden signed an executive order on Wednesday, just yesterday, in the works for months now to launch a cross-agency federal government uh, effort to regulate cryptocurrency. For context, cryptocurrency is decentralized, digital, non-governmental money. Bitcoin is the most famous type of crypto, is what the article says. And I'm going to paraphrase here for you. Uh, think about it. Biden was born in 1942. He's nearly 80 years old. Even the sharpest octogenarian which um he is not typically struggles to understand new technology be it an iphone or even email but our elderly president is supposed to regulate blockchain technology competently uh, makes a good point well i think that some form of regulation is inevitable quoted by um uh, university of mississippi economist joshua hendrickson I also think that it is too early in the development of crypto to pursue regulation. Blockchain technology has the potential to be a significant and important source of innovation. To pursue regulation now is to risk stifling the innovation that could come from this technology. But maybe that is the point. And that's a quote from Joshua Hendrickson. Is an economist out of the University of Mississippi. We, we need uh, economy advice, economic advice, more desperately than ever. In other words, the government can't seize it or take it away from you. It can't ban problematic people from Bitcoin. It can't seize your assets if they are held in Bitcoin, held properly. And, they're all, and that's what they're looking to change. I'm going to step aside and say that. That's what they're looking to change. Just don't fall for the Biden's administration spin about how its forthcoming regulatory apparatus is to protect consumers from cryptocurrency. It's much more likely motivated by the federal government's desire to keep our currency and financial freedom firmly under its control. And that's Brad Palumbo from the Washington Examiner. And then, like I said, the full article, I'll link it in the show description. And you should read the entire article, but uh, I gave you the highlights there. Now there's another side um, from Matthew Brown in the USA Today, which I like the USA Today. I've followed the USA Today forever. But you also have to, you know, take the good with the bad. You have to look at both sides. Here's the concerning side. The great piece written by Brad Palumbo because we're um, ob objective in our view. We're looking at it objectively and we're not just praising it without understanding what it is. Um, so it's a little bit of uh, a commitment to conscious. So what we have here is uh, President Joe Biden signing the executive order Wednesday. And the wording here is important. You understand. He says mobilizing the federal government to create a strategy for digital assets like cryptocurrencies, which that that is what he's talking about. So the wording here is interesting because he's saying mobilizing. Like they're getting in vans and driving around now and we're looking for the crypto, you know what I mean? So most notably, the article goes on to say, the order directs the Federal Reserve to research and potentially develop its own digital dollar 
which would be similar to cryptocurrencies that have become a financial asset for some Americans in recent years. So they're kind of sidestepping Tether. They're kind of sidestepping USD coin, US dollar coin. And they're saying, we're just going to create our own from the Federal Reserve, from, from, from ours. We don't, these other ones, well, whatever. We're, we want to create our own. Potentially. The order directs the Treasury Department, the article says, to develop guidelines for Americans trading and using currency, uh, this cryptocurrency, that aims to help them avoid fraud or market volatility. Treasury will also do further research on the potential role of digital assets in blockchain and future payment systems. Here's a statement. Um, that's a little bit arbitrary, but here we go from uh, Jake Sullivan, uh, the National Economic Council Director, um, uh, and Brian Deese. Uh, Fundamentally, an American approach to the digital assets that is one that encourages innovation but mitigates the risk to consumers, investors, and businesses. Broader financial stability in the environment, said Brian Deese, director of the National Economic Council, and Jake Sullivan, Biden's National Security Advisor, in a Wednesday statement. So I want you to understand this closing here of the article, and I'll link this one for the USA Today for you to look at in, in its entirety. Meanwhile, the Commerce Department will work to ensure that American finance and the dollar are still central to global business and trade. Other agencies will examine cryptocurrency's role as a speculative asset and its role in illicit finance. Doesn't sound friendly to me. A lot of uh, coding in there. A lot of words that are coded in there. And it doesn't seem all that up to par. So let me finish with some, some thoughts here about this. Uh, and this is why I show you both sides. The rosy picture. Oh, it's he's mobilizing them. They're getting in the vans now. And then the other side. So well, let's look at this objectively. If the government gets involved, uh, that's, that's not necessarily a good thing always um, right away. So where Brad is right is Biden being elderly and uh, inexperienced with cryptocurrency. And ultimately will prove to be problematic for the crypto markets uh, during his tenure. That is all true. What he didn't say was that crypto is so simple. I know people beyond their youthful years who are doing crypto. Uh, crypto is easy enough. An 80-year-old can figure out. Um, and I don't think Biden can truly do that. But uh, I don't think he wants to. Is more of the point. Why he's looking for other elements of the government to figure this out. USA Today really points us to who is going to be Paul Bears for crypto regulation. So let's look at them. Federal Reserve, Treasury Department, and all of the Commerce Department. Now you have a three-headed beast needing to tackle inflation, but instead uh, being pushed to uh, spear crypto in the wild it lives in. You know, I have a theory based on a few things. Since stagflation has hit the housing market, reported by Bloomberg, inflation has hit a 40-year high, worst inflation in our lifetime. 
And don't let anybody tell you any different. You know, Biden is scrambling for a solution to inflation. His team is looking at crypto as that possible solution. I believe that. My last point is relating to uh, the Washington Examiner article. We can see in history, regulation has hurt business every time. Uh, sometimes only temporarily, and that is because the regulation is altered, headed by different people, or removed. However, once there is regulation on crypto, that will never be removed and will only intensify. And my fear is that it will become a blunder that prevents people from joining in. Similar to how gambling was rolled out in Illinois, where Governor Pritzker says, well, yeah, we're going to allow gambling. But you have to go to the casino and you have to have your phone and you have to have your app and register with them or talk to them at the counter and get and get it figured out. And they try to make it into this big thing where you just wanted to place a bet on a basketball game and you had to go through all these steps. So then they opened it up for the apps and you could get in and then they closed it. And then they did put in legit proper legislation to keep that open. So you were grandfathered in and it was kind of like, how was this equal? And that's exactly what we're looking at with crypto regulation. How is this going to be equal? Thank you uh, for staying with me this far. We'll be right back. We're going to talk about something else. That's, uh, uh, probably one of the top three most important things going on right now. The $1.5 trillion spending bill. Uh, we're going to talk about that when I return. Thank you. Welcome back. And here we are talking about the $1.5 trillion spending bill. The United States uh, House just passed and I'm going to highlight the bill and its passage, uh, and we're going to get to the bottom of what's in here. The $1.5 trillion uh, spending package out of this world. I mean, really just out of this world. So uh, last night, middle of the night, uh, didn't see it coming. The House rushes through uh, $13.6 in U.S. aid to battered Ukraine and its European allies. After top Democrats were forced to abruptly drop their plan to include fresh funds to battle COVID-19. Passage of the Ukraine aid and the $1.5 trillion government-wide legislation carrying it. Um, Alan Frarm from the Associated Press reports um, basically is a huge win for both parties. Democrats won treasured domestic initiatives. Republicans achieved defense boost and both got their imprint on funds to counter Russia's brutal invasion of its western neighbor. Senate approval was assured by a week's end or perhaps slightly longer. Although I'll tell you they only have until Saturday uh, before it closes down. Uh, key, key agencies of the government um, that they're talking about. So here's the bill. Uh, the House approved the overhaul bill in two separate votes. The measures scrutiny us um, security programs, excuse me, were overwhelmingly approved by 361 to 69. The rest by 260 to 171, with most Republicans opposed. Uh, the Ukraine aid 
included $6.5 billion for the U.S. cost of sending troops and weapons to Eastern Europe and equipping Allied forces uh, there in response to Russian President Vladimir Putin's invasion and Belicost threats. There was another $6.8 billion to care for refugees and provide economic aid to allies and more to help federal agencies enforce economic sanctions against Russia and to protect against cyber threats at home. Uh, Biden had requested $10 billion for Ukraine. Representative Tom Cole of Oklahoma called the $1.5 trillion measure a reasonable compromise and said its extra defense spending was clearly necessary in the wake of Vladimir Putin's unprovoked aggression against Ukraine. In a remarkable and widespread rank-and-file rebellion, Democratic lawmakers froze the House into inactivity for most of Wednesday. Their demand, a refusal to accept Republicans' insistence that new COVID-19 spending be paid for with cuts in previously enacted pandemic aid to 30 states. Pelosi eventually relented and decided to remove all pandemic spending from the government-wide $1.5 trillion package. The $1.5 trillion package uh, measure and its 2,741 pages would keep agencies functioning through September 30th, uh, the end of the fiscal year of the government. Uh, since it began October 1st, the government has functioned on short-term measures uh, that prevented federal shutdowns but held programs to levels agreed to under President uh, Donald Trump. Uh, the bill would increase spending for child nutrition and child care, local law enforcement, improving broadband in rural areas, and education aid for disabled students and historically black colleges and universities some things trump took care of uh, let me step away from the article here some things trump took care of as well as some things the 1.2 trillion dollar infrastructure plan was supposed to take care of uh, looks like they need more money the irs would get an infusion to whittle down a backlog of tax returns we're not saying that's not needed there would be boosts for veterans medical care, biomedical research, and processing migrants entering the U.S. at the southwestern border. This is the Associated Press. For the first time in a long time, I believe we've shown just how government can work for working people, said Representative Rosa DeLauro, a Democrat out of Connecticut, chair of the House Appropriations Committee. Now, let me tell you something, uh, sweetheart. This is your job. This is what you're supposed to do. We're not going to pat you on uh, the back for doing your job. Uh, the measure retains strict decades-old curbs against using federal money for nearly all abortions. Good. Very good. Good job. Uh, decades-old curbs. It has uh, $300 million in military assistance for Ukraine and $300 million to help nearby countries uh, like the Baltic nations and Poland, uh, where C Vice President Kamala Harris just was. Um Service members would get 2.7% pay raises and Navy shipbuilding would get a boost in a counter to China. Uh, so that's interesting. They put that in there. Um, some other uh, highlights of this I want to go through because I'm, I'm only highlighting things for you. This isn't, I haven't even gone through the whole article. I'm highlighting things for you. 
more money would be spent to prevent and respond to sexual assaults in the military. There was also language saying a plaque should be installed outside the Capitol uh, listing all police officers who battled Trump supporters who attacked the building on January 6, 2021. Wow. Wow. Helping propel the bill to approval were thousands of hometown projects for both parties. So listen to this. This is important. Uh, lawmakers, uh, groups that the, uh, these little projects, these lawmakers created. In the House alone, there were 2,021 such projects for Democrats worth $2.5 billion and 706 projects worth $1.7 billion for Republicans, according to figures from that chamber. Totals for Senate proje projects were not immediately available. Thanks very much, Senate, for uh, having your stuff ready and, and there for us. These expenditures once called earmarks, which I remember the, that, I remember the earmark days, but now dubbed community projects were unambiguous until Congress banned them in 2011. Yep. But revived in more limited form this year. Oh, really? Something that was banned in 2011 uh, when Barack Hussein Obama was president is now banned under uh, Joe Biden uh, as president is now brought back. Very interesting. Very interesting. This legislation includes money for an agriculture education program in Vermont, a water project in Central California, and money for the Ulysses S. Grant Presidential Library in Starkville, Mississippi. As a backstop against delays, the House by voice uh, by voice vote. That's what it says. Passed a bill keeping government agencies afloat through Tuesday. Uh, next week would ha uh, agencies would have to start shutting down Saturday if the Senate doesn't complete the 1.5 trillion package. So, excuse me, it was this Tuesday. Was it what, uh, how it was funded up until, but by Saturday, if the Senate does not pass this and give it to Biden to sign, uh, these agencies will start going defunct, uh, for a while. So, and, and maybe, uh, permanently in, in some cases. So I have some real thoughts about this. Uh, that, that you really need to understand now that I've laid the article out for you and explained uh, the news thanks to the Associated Press. <sighs> this is what the Democrats do. Uh, they loft in their agenda with something simple like aid for Ukraine. We all want aid for Ukraine. Uh, we all will vote for it. Put it up for a vote. I'll vote for it. Democrats led by the progressive machine take their boldest government expansionist ideas and cram it in with aid for Ukraine. Republicans won't go along with that. To stand against the Democrats is to stand against the Ukrainians is the message Speaker Pelosi is sending. That isn't true. But that is how the media will portray it and how the Democrats will campaign on it up until the midterm elections and through throughout. Uh, so to pass the bill and not have it a falter and have egg on her face. Speaker Pelosi allows the Republicans to put a few pieces of their agenda in. Come on in. With all of this combined, we have a nightmare bill headed to the Senate chamber for passage. <clears throat> it's ridiculous. What was required is aid for Ukraine. Now more government programs and more reckless spending. 
Heck, I would have been happy with uh, more aid for our American citizens. But both sides didn't want that. They would rather argue. That is where we can learn as a society and as a free people. It's pathetic. $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill was signed by Biden on November 15, 2021. Republicans fought their tails off to make sure all the pork was cut out. A lot remained, but what Democrats are saying is that bill didn't go far enough. Now they want $1.5 trillion more in a time where we have record inflation in a stagnant economy. This will drive the bond market down, which will drive the stock market down and put this country in a total recession. Give Ukraine the money it needs. But remember what message we are sending to Putin and our own people. While the Biden administration continues its hands-off approach, while Russia mirrors the Soviet Union, President Biden mirrors President FDR before World War II. You can take that to the bank. Thank you for tuning in to Preston Super Show. Just like the hands of time, I'm turning it over to you. Good night, everyone, and God bless. Palms 37-4.